Welcome to Pop Pantheon, the podcast where we completely overanalyze all of your favorite pop stars and then rank them in the official Pop Pantheon. This is your host, DJ Louis the 14th, and this is our B-side episode. These are our episodes that happen every other week in between the main episodes where we cover a topic that is related to the pop pantheon, tangential to the pop pantheon, something that enriches our understanding of the pop pantheon. That's not a full artist deep dive. That's not ranking a specific artist, but it's something that maybe comes up on the podcast a lot and something that is deserving of our attention and maybe a little bit of a deeper discussion that will help all of our understanding of pop music, pop music history, et cetera, et cetera. Before I get into what this week's B-side is about, I want to say that we have a new contest going on. A few of you have already partaken in it. Now, this contest has to do with social media. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we have social media. It's Pop Pantheon Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at DJ L-O-U-I-E-X-I-V on both Instagram and Twitter. Now, this contest goes as follows. If you share your favorite episode of Pop Pantheon, or frankly, the entire podcast in general, on Instagram or Twitter, and you also, you know, share an endorsement, make it feel genuine. Tell people why you listen to the podcast, why you love it, why they might like it, why they should listen to it if they love pop and pop stars, etc, etc. And you tag Pop Pantheon on either platform, you will be automatically entered into our new contest in which a random person will be drawn and that person will get to pick an artist for which we fast track an episode. As I said when I announced this last week, I think this prize rocks. You're basically going to get to say, hey, Louie, I want an episode on Shakira. Or I want an episode on, God forbid, Ava Max. And you know what? We're going to do it. So get out there, share the podcast, let people know why you like it, tag Pop Pantheon Pod, and you're in the running, baby. I think that's a good prize, personally. Also, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This really helps. Leave us a review. Let people know what you're enjoying about the show. Let me know who you want to see featured on future episodes. I read all the reviews. I also share them in the main episode pre-roll. So get on there. Help us spread the word. Really appreciate that as well. And get in the Discord. I got to tell you, the Discord has been fucking incredible lately like it's really come alive there's lots of people in there now it's always going basically 24 hours a day seven days a week really smart funny people in there who like love to just chit chat all day about various pop topics new old whatever's going on in the news today things that have been brought up on episodes and speaking of the discord today's b-side is the direct result of a Discord conversation in which a listener and beloved Discord member, who I will not name just because I haven't asked their permission and I don't want to air them out if this makes them uncomfortable, brought up in the Discord following our Christina Aguilera episode, they had been wondering very sincerely what the fuck TRL was. (laughs) And if you're a millennial like me, that question probably jars you because I had proceeded through all of the episodes of Pop Pantheon thus far, assuming that I never had to explain what TRL was. I thought TRL, even if you weren't around for its heyday, was 
part of culture in a way that everybody recognized and realized. And look, I know Zoomers are obsessed with millennial fashion on some level of fashion of the early 2000s. So I kind of figured they knew what it was. But it turns out this conversation led to a rip-roaring discussion in the Discord chat, then on Twitter, whatever. And it made me realize, like, for better or worse, and in a way that's kind of hard for me to process as an old person, that people out here listening to Pop Pantheon do not know what MTV's TRL is and how major it was, how important it was. And it's really important in understanding all of the pop stars that come from that particular generation, the Britneys, the Christinas, Justin, and on and on and on and on and on. So I figured this was a great opportunity for us to do a B-side on what exactly TRL is, how it worked, why it was so important, talking about some of the musical tropes and genres that were associated with it, talk about some of the iconic videos that are associated with it. And when I had that idea, I thought there was nobody better than Dunzo's Troy McKee, who's just a very smart, funny thinker on kind of this era is one of his expertise. So I invited him on for a discussion about the history and musical aesthetics and video aesthetics of TRL, and we also get into some of the forgotten artists and songs that we both grew up and loved. So here's that discussion with Troy McKeady. Okay, so I am here with host of the incredible Beyond the Blinds podcast and also the incredible Dunzo podcast. It's Troy McKeady. Troy, welcome to Pop Pantheon. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm beyond excited to be here. I can't even tell you. I'm beyond excited to have you on. I had the pleasure of being on your podcast a few months ago, and we got to break down Anti in detail, which was so much fun. We talked about every song. I'm going to post a link to that in the show notes. That was a really fun episode, and I'm such a big Dunzo fan, so this is a true honor. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was one of the most fun things I feel like I've recorded in a long time, and like I get a lot of really good feedback from that episode. People love it. So, yes, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It's very good. You were great on it. You were literally the perfect guest. Thank you so much. And it was really only as good as the host that I was saying. (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) And let me tell you something else. So let me just rewind a second and talk about what this episode is going to be. So this episode is going to be about millennial, staple, iconic television series, iconic pop music phenomenon. Total Request Live, a.k.a. TRL. Now, I never thought we would have to do this episode. Frankly, I thought TRL was something that was such a huge popular culture phenomenon that pretty much everybody got what it was. And when we published our episode on Christina Aguilera a couple of weeks ago, I was just sifting through the Discord, seeing who was up in there, and there was a comment from a Zoomer who asked... What the hell is TRL? You mention it over and over again on the show. And I genuinely am curious as to what you're talking about. And Troy, when I tell you my fucking jaw hit the table, I was like, excuse me? But I ended up talking to him. You know, no offense to this person. They had wonderful intentions. They really just wanted to know what it was. (laughs) No offense to this man. And, you know, literally, like, my heart goes out to him. Like, I'm sorry that he's lived in a world without DRL. But um, he pulled some of his friends. Like, it turned into a bit of a topic of discussion in the Discord. And I realized that, like, they don't totally know. Like, a lot of his friends, a lot of kids in his age, or kids, whatever, they're in their 20s, like, genuinely do not know what TRL was, why it had such a huge impact on our age group, 
how it informed pop stardom for like an entire generation of right. pop stars how it was the only way that we could consume music videos at the time. Yeah. Like, surprise to some of you out there, like, we didn't fucking have YouTube. If you wanted to see the dirty video, you had to get your ass home, be in your seat by three or whatever, three or four, whenever it came on, and just wait for it to show up on the countdown. And we will get into this because at some point they started being super annoying and, like, airing 10 seconds of the video and, like, moving on. Right. I'm sure we're going to talk about that <laughs> right. in a second. So anyway... I was talking to Russ about it and I was like, we have to do an episode on this because we talk about TRL all the time on the podcast. And apparently a good segment of our audience doesn't know what it is. And when I thought about that, I thought no one better, no one better to come on and talk about this show than Troy. So Troy, that's just a long winded way of saying like, I'm so glad we have the expert of all experts on oh, God. this kind of thing here on the show. <laughs> well, if there's one thing to be considered an expert about, like I'm honored to be honest with you, like, you know what I mean? This is, it truly is my wheelhouse. And yeah, TRL has become in a weird way. It's like our American bandstand. You know what I mean? It's like mm. the show that you tell your kids about that like really did have a huge impact on our youth. Youth and like like you said, our music culture, our pop culture. I have a theory that TRL honestly just became its own music industry. Like it mm -hmm. kind of became its own version of like a record label in a lot of ways. Because mm. if TRL wanted somebody to succeed, they just did. And if mm. TRL wanted a career to take off, it just did. Like yeah. you had to go through TRL to really, you know, it was it was a necessary thing. You had to appeal to people on TRL. Yeah, and you know, I feel like as I've gone back through a lot of artist discographies, there's a lot of songs that I thought were number one smashes on the Billboard Hot 100 because of how ubiquitous they would be on TRL. Mm -hmm. And you go back and look at it, and it was like, nah, -uh, yes. this song peaked at number 48 on the, on the Hot 100. But in TRL universe, yeah. this was like a smash. So it was kind of like this hermetically sealed ecosystem of pop that almost like existed tangentially related to, but also kind of disconnected from broader popular music yes. in, in its own way. Yes. And also, it feels to me that the placements of songs or the stature of songs on TRL has played out more in line with the songs we consider hits from that era than their chart placements on the Hot 100. Yeah. Like, Dirty is a perfect example of this. Dirty literally peaked at number 50-something on the Hot 100, but, like, Dirty lives on today as if it was, like, a number one hit, and that is because on TRL, that video was maybe one of the most iconic that they ever worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you bring up such a good point because at that time, in many ways, it was more important to yes. do well on TRL than it was to mm -hmm. even chart. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. The relevancy of your song, like the way that it right. really was like taking over the world. Yeah. You could see that through TRL way more. And there were songs that did incredibly well and were number one on Billboard, but didn't have totally. like a TRL presence. Totally. So they just sort of Absolutely. slipped the mind. Exactly. It really was like its own ethos, like its own world. And it spoke to kids. It was really about youth culture in a way that mm. I feel like maybe is how TikTok is today. The way you just said that, I feel like in some ways having a hit on TikTok feels more important these days well, than yeah. having a hit on the Hot 100 in the same way that maybe having a hit on the TRL countdown in 2000 was a better gig than having a big radio song or at least as important or something. Yeah, and to, honestly, to add to your point earlier about the person not knowing what TRL was, when you think about the impact that it did have, it hasn't really been documented. Mm. It hasn't been documented in a way that feels deserving of how important 
important yeah, it was. Totally. You know, there's like a TRL coffee table book that floats around yeah. on like eBay. And mm. once every blue moon, you'll see something pop up about it. But like MTV hasn't really given it that. I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it needs like a docuseries. It needs like a four-part HBO Max retrospective that interviews all the big stars, interviews all the big players, interviews cultural critics, and sort of like lays out its legacy because there was nothing bigger. I mean, it was the thing. Like if you were our age or around our age, if you're like a mid to elder millennial, maybe like young Gen Xer, it was everything. It was like a given. I mean, I don't know how it felt to you, but to me it felt like I didn't realize that there was ever a world before TRL and I didn't realize that there was going to be a world after TRL. Oh, yes. It was like the home base for music consumption if you were into popular music. So one of my favorite things about talking about TRL is in that ecosystem. So when the show kind of got its footing and like had become like successful, there had become these sort of tiers within TRL. Mm. Like it had its own. (laughs) I talk about blind items a lot, obviously, on my other podcasts. And you'll have these like A slash B slash C list celebrities and yes. TRL had its own ranking of celebrities mm-hmm. within the ecosystem. And you had your people like, obviously, Britney and Christina yeah. and the Backstreet right. Boys and NSYNC. Mm-hmm. You know, those were the sort of top A-list people as determined by MTV. These are our A-listers, right? Sure, but then right. you had like the B-listers as well, which was still very exciting, but it did feel like MTV treated them differently. Your people like Vitamin C and Mandy Moore and like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I also think there were like... <laughs> certain buckets that they really like valorize like there were sort of like the pop princesses mm-hmm. there was like the boy bands yeah. and there was like the rocky like kind of pop punky groups like the good charlotte vibe yes and then there was kind of like the errant rappers like eminem was like a huge Diddy. thing Diddy, exactly. Like these, <laughs> Nelly. Like there was like this yes. very particular group of them. Like not necessarily the rappers that were the most credible actual rappers, but these like right. kind of poppy Ja Rule. You know what I mean? The like, Saint Lunatics. Like, the- yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into all that stuff, because we are actually positing this as a lesson, Troy, tell me what was TRL. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. All right. I've read this question so many times on your notes, and I was like, how do I answer this question? Okay. So if I had to sum it up, I would say that TRL was a daily music program on MTV, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. was sort of like a Twitter feed, if Twitter was like mm-hmm. a real living thing, mm-hmm. right? And all of the trending topics were just music videos. That's like how it like it appears in my mind, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And at the time, because there was no internet, well, there was, but the internet was like a joke. We didn't have access to celebrities. So TRL had become this hub where celebrities could go for an entire hour live and Mm -hmm. just be that celebrity amped up, amplified, celebrated. It was a big deal to be like, I'm spending a fucking hour with Britney today. An hour. I can't believe it. Like, she's going to be there the whole time. And she's performing. Like, it was like... And you could see her personality in a way you wouldn't see on record yes. or in concert. And I'm joined now by the one and only Britney Spears. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Nice to have you back. Yeah, me too. You've been on the show, I think today's your fourth time on TRL. Fourth time, yes. I'm like part of the family. You are part of the family. Jason's on the phone from Alabama. Jason. Hey. What's happening, bro? Uh, nothing much. Hey, Brady, how's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, uh, just fine. Can I just say that I love you? Well, thank you so much. Thank you. 
I, I think you look great in the sometimes video. Uh, thank you. Um, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, I know that you, you know, you're always on the road and you're traveling a lot. Um, I was wondering, uh, how do you keep in touch with your friends and family, and uh, who do you keep in touch with the most? That's a good question. Well, I have a cell phone, and my bill is just unbelievable every month. And so I just keep in touch with all my really close friends, and I probably talk to my mom the most. I'm always on the phone with her because she's a worry wart, so. It started as like, you know, MTV had these video countdown shows in the past. There was like one, I think that was called Dial MTV. That was like mm. just a very basic call in and we will play the most requested videos type of thing. Call now, call now, the phones are open. Call 1-800-DIAL-MTV, the phones are open. Start dialing, use your fingers, hit those buttons. Call now, call now, call now. And then there was also this show called MTV Live, which was like music interviews, interviews with artists, etc. in a live setting. And I think TRL essentially was a combining of those two ideas into one concept. Yeah. So in 1998, TRL became the flagship MTV show where they would both count down the most requested videos of the day and have live celebrity interviews like in a very raucous live setting. So it quickly became very popular and kind of the home base for all of MTV's operation or constellation of shows and content. And eventually what happened was it started to air in this studio in Times Square with like giant windows overlooking Times Square. And there would be like huge throngs of fans would stand out there all day waiting to see Britney, waiting to see whomever. Welcome to live MTV. Backstreet Boys live today, and what an amazing sight it is here at our Times Square studio. I'm Carson Daly. Welcome to the show. Unbelievable how many people have come out. Outside is incredible. We've got an amazing studio audience here, and we've got the next two hours with the Backstreet Boys. It was kind of your like only access point to seeing them. Like Britney was not on Instagram. Britney was not on Twitter. Like if you wanted to see Britney talk or like just be a person, like yeah. this was kind of one of the only ways to see it would be for her to go on and stand there with Carson Daly, who we're going to get into in a second. And then eventually some of the other bitches and right. have a chit chat whilst also like counting down the videos, the top 10 videos, which is like, as we mentioned earlier, were like the only way that you could see these videos. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you brought up the people standing outside because it's like, yeah. that's sort of everything, right? You know, these kids standing outside with signs, screaming, crying, literally taking <laughs> up half of Times Square. And yeah. these crowds became so iconic that they mm -hmm. just sort of became a part of New York City culture. Like, 100%. there's the naked cowboy, and then across the street is all of those crying kids holding signs. <laughs> to the fans, we're with Miss Britney Spears. Britney, you're going to get back in a big way. How you feeling, first off? I'm excited, man. I'm really, really excited. It's my first time doing my performance, and so I'm up. It's your first time ever. I know they're all over. You got fans to the left, fans to the right. Big ass security guards behind us signing some autographs for the fans. That's always nice. We got to keep it moving. This is actually. It was like a tourist attraction in and of itself. Yeah. Not just watching TRL from the crowd outside, but watching the crowd outside of TRL from yes. outside of the crowd. At TRL. I remember being in New York as a kid numerous times, like walking through Times Square and just being like, oh my God, like there's the throngs of people that I see the on crowd. TV every day, like in the flesh. <laughs> yes. And it was like when young people would go to New York, like I remember when my friends would go to New York City, you know, with like their parents or whatever, it was always a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, did you go to TRL? Did you yeah, stand outside uh -huh, TRL? Uh -huh, you know, like, uh -huh, uh -huh, even uh -huh. if you just walked by it, to be a part of the energy for a second was like a major deal. 
Oh, for sure. It was like, again, I know we said this already, but it was, I feel like, one of the main centerpieces of our childhood pop cultural lives. Yeah. And the fact that it was every day, I think, was another huge part of it. It was like mm-hmm. every single day, it was like part of the rhythm of life for me. Like it was like, come over yeah. to school, eat a snack, get on the couch, watch TRL. And like, just be waiting in desperate anticipation for my video. Like, what was the video I yeah. really wanted to see at the time? Like, you remember that kind of feeling? Oh my God, I'm being like, I hope it's at least top three. God, let it yeah. be top three. Please, please. <laughs> now, the voting was really interesting too. Do you have like a recollection of how the voting worked for the videos? It had switched over the years because remember it started off as like a phone number that you would call yes. into, right? Uh-huh. And there were people on the dials like plugging yeah. fucking prongs into like a wall, you know? <laughs> being like, hello, yeah. Hello. <laughs> I like definitely <laughs> called that like on an embarrassingly frequent yeah. basis. Listen, the amount of times that they probably had the same kid calling and just changing voices constantly, like, and by the I mean, me. well, you didn't have to. When I was just refreshing myself, apparently you could call infinitum times until there was like a certain moment where they changed the rule and they were like, okay, you can only vote once. <laughs> but like, I think for most of its prime years, there was no way for them to control right. how many times a single person was calling in and voting for the same shit. Well, didn't it then be? Become, it became like a text thing, right? Was it text? Yeah. I think they at a certain point, like, they did start to utilize the internet. But you're definitely right that for the majority of it, you'd call and, like, speak to somebody. Yeah, you would, like, tell them what you wanted to hear. <laughs> that is insane to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, the infrastructure that that demanded, that they actually had phone operators. Wow, times have changed. <laughs> And like knowing that there would be enough people that would call every day. There was never a worry of whether or not the show would go on. Millions of people called every day. No, it was the thing. That's why I have to bring up TikTok because I feel like Mm -hmm. it's hard to make a comp. But I do think you made a really great point earlier about it having the vibe of social media because Mm -hmm. it was interactive feeling. It was like a precursor to how social media works in the sense that you felt like you were communing with other like-minded individuals and everybody was like sharing their opinions and their opinions were being amalgamated into like some sort of thing you could look at or watch or have reflected back at you. And you saw other people like you who were frequently obsessed with this shit. So it had some of those kind of precursors to the vibe of social media, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, like now that you're describing it, it was almost as if like Stan Twitter was a show. Yes, I feel like Stan Twitter began with TRL, like somehow. In that time period, like I talk about this all the time that, you know, we're going to get to the characters and the people. Yes. The pop music at that time, the way that it was sort of marketed was that you had to be ravenous for one. They sort of pitted Mm -hmm. these people against each other. It was like Mm -hmm. WWE. So it made you feel like you had to be ravenous and TRL fed into that ravenous Stan culture thing where you were like, I will literally call off school. (laughs) <laughs> to get this video to number one today on this good day. 100%. It's going to happen, yes, you right. know? You're so right. It's so right. It had that maniacal fan energy. Like, mm-hmm. it promoted that in the same way that Stan Twitter does now. Like, <laughs> yeah. On a million, trillion percent, where, like, your identity becomes completely enraptured in one of these icons. Yes. And you, like, gave your, like, entire force of being over to, like, making them number one on TRL. <laughs> 
You brought up a good point with saying like that it was like a mix of all the different things. That's yeah. also hugely important that I think TRL mm. was the first show that I can think of that really took advantage of oddball pairings of people, mm. right? So you'd have people like Britney on the show at the same time as like Lincoln Park and just watching them yes, interact right. was interesting right. in itself. Right. You'd be running the New York City Marathon yeah. and the main reason you'd want to do this is to run, raise some money for, for some great charities. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm trying to raise a million dollars. TRL. One million dollars for the kids in New York City. That's right. Uh, you want to towel off Diddy? He's kind of like... How you doing joking. over there? You doing good? Get him a towel. Inspiring me, seriously. Yeah, wipe that forehead there. There we go. Really inspiring me to work out right now. All right, let's keep the countdown going. More with Britney Spears in just a second. Down one at number eight is 50 ups. Totally, and like Eminem, and obviously like it all spilled out into music because Eminem and Christina would be next to each other on the TRL countdown, and then of course there's like rumors that they're hooking up, and then right. he, write, he writes a song about her, and she responds. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing that's important to highlight just as we're like laying out the groundwork here is that this was the era where MTV was everything. Like, I think it's really hard for people to remember that now because MTV feels like so nothing at this mm-hmm. point for the most part and certainly nothing in the music community. But really, like, this was a cultural force. MTV was the hub of popular culture in the pre-social mm-hmm. media era. It was like the VMAs. TRL, everything happened on MTV. If an artist was launching a new album, that was the first place that you wanted to go. Even if it wasn't just TRL, like remember Carson would also do these like long form kind of docu pieces on new albums by like Christina or whatever. And he'd hang out with her and like there was MTV news. MTV was the hub of youth popular music culture. You cannot understate the power that this network had over all of us. The brand was all consuming on some level in a way that I think is maybe hard for a young person to understand well it's like if you think about it mtv really celebrated these people in a way that felt so respectful of the artist right, right it was fun to be a fan of pop culture and of just music in general at the time because mtv made it so that you could really intensely celebrate these people in a way that right. was so great like you yes. know what I mean? Like, even, like, Diary and things yeah. like that. Like, it was diary. a real celebration of the artist. Oh, Just for younger fans, edification, Diary was another MTV show of this era where you'd kind of get to spend some time in the lives, quote-unquote, of a pop star. So it was almost like they'd get, like, a one-episode docuseries where they followed them around. As I unleash my latest and most personal album, I invite you into my world. Come along as I do a little shopping. That would be really sexy, Elliot. A lot of dancing. And work the red carpet at the MTV Movie Awards. You are living and swirling, do you know that? Then it's off to Paris to meet the press. Yeah, they're right for me. And taking a little culture before heading back home to NYC. I like It's a hectic schedule, but it's not without a lot of playtime with the ones I love. See my world, my way, because I've just begun to show you what I'm capable of. You think you know? You have no idea. This is the diary of Alia.
making the video. Making the video. Making the video was iconic. Like, you know? oh my god. Yes, like so many videos that I watch now from that era, I equally remember the making the video as I do to like the actual video itself. Yeah. And for Zoomers out there, uh, making the video was MTV's series where they just documented the making of numerous iconic music videos from this era. One day Destiny's Child was on a long flight to Europe and I couldn't sleep so I went through my bag of tracks and I listened to this one song with the Stevie Nicks sample and it was like and then wait remember the show what the fuck was the show where you could like recreate your favorite artist music <gasps> video <gasps> oh my god i forgot about wait what the hell was that and called? they would do like a full-scale production oh. recreation of like love don't cost a thing starring like some <laughs> random fan <laughs> oh like with the dancers my. and the sets and everything god. right that's i i cannot believe that you remember that I'm dead. I'm literally deceased. I've I've li- I haven't thought about that since I was like ten. It was becoming. It was oh called God. becoming. We're gonna walk over the set and just remember it's the same set that they shot the video on. So you guys just you know it's gonna feel just gonna feel right. Okay. We're gonna start with you walking down the stairs, okay, and singing your verses. I have everything: the bling, little chain, the tats. The gear, everything is just, I feel like job. I love it. I, I mean, I feel like her, I look like her. Nothing could be better. I'm so excited right now. I can't even describe it. Background! We're right there where Ja stood and where JLo stood. And it was just like, this isn't happening. Like, we're right there. And then the real world, obviously, road rolls. I mean, there was just, you could not undersell the power that this network had. Like, it was. Right the center of everything. So my next question for you, because this feels pivotal too, is who was the host for the majority of TRL, Carson Daly? And what was his role in all of this? Okay, I actually have a lot of thoughts about Carson. I'm known to ramble about Carson. Let's go, ramble on. This podcast is meant for rambling. (laughs) When I'm old and senile, this is what it'll sound like. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'll have random bursts about Carson Daly. The premise of this episode is that we are already old and senile. Right. <laughs> it's too old, old, like, hags clucking. Yeah. Um, like, remember when we used to watch MTV after school? That's when it was still good! <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, Carson Daly was, yeah. I think, so pivotal to mm-hmm. actually why the show is successful. And I know a lot of people shit on Carson. People like mm-hmm. to make fun of Carson, and they have every right, because he's very easy to make fun of. But <laughs> Carson was this sort of blank slate, every man, mm, blank mm. canvas, a true beige. I mean, truly, yes. if Carson was a color, it would be beige, khaki, <laughs> just it's nothing. So 
Totally. I think the reason that girls, young girls loved Carson Daly, right? Like he was I had a crush own. on Carson. Did you have a crush on Carson? Of course. I'm only human. <laughs> of course I did. And I think that it's because it was easy to project thoughts and ideas onto him because he was like mm. nothing. And yes, he would so interview true. like Wu-Tang Clan and then also <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart and do it in the same way with the same level of respect. And I was like right, that. Obviously a, a pleasure don't, to have don't you let here. the things touch. Okay, I got you. I got you. I learned a new hug. Is it, can I refer to you as the artist because I'm just a tad confused and I want to get it out? Is that okay? Uh, does it matter? You're the media, so it's cool. It's all good? I'm a part of them? Okay. It is an honor to have you here, though. Appreciate it. Uh, you're here sort of every day in spirit, because once any other guest is here, over their shoulder is a shot of your record on the Virgin Megastore, Raven yeah, to the Joy Fantastic. That's nice. That's Sometimes nice. they get in the way and block it. Excuse my voice, I have a little laryngitis. Oh, that's I was supposed to sit up here and sing, but uh, now you don't want to hear it. It's not, no, it's, it's, not a, it's not a wonderful thing. Are you, are you taking anything for it? Are you on antibiotics, hardcore taking stuff? Taking anything for it, no. <laughs> Um, have you ever seen the show, the top ten videos on TRL? I've been watching it recently because of that out there. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Also out there, you'll see uh, Christina Aguilera. We have the Foo Fighters. We have a we have a, a show here with the top ten that no radio station would ever really dare play. What are your thoughts on on us playing Corn right into the Backstreet Boys? And I'd be curious to know your comments on the art, the music on TRL. I don't uh, keep up with today's music too much, probably because I play. When I want new music, I just make some, you know. Yeah. That's such a good point. That's so true. He really was, in the context of a lot of, like, big personalities, big stars with big, flashy identities, he really right. was just kind of, like, steady. And he was also weirdly older. That was another of the weird parts about it. Like, for a show that was so oriented towards younger people, like, let's yes. say, like, the primary audience must have been, what, 10 to 15 or 16. Yeah. It was kind of strange looking back that this, like, 35-year-old man was hosting the show for the most part, right? It is. And I almost feel like his age, it was like an anchor almost. Mm. It makes sense that right. Carson was like running this whole ship. Yes. It like helped rein in the like hormonal chaos of the rest of Yeah. It. And it, he like <laughs> took the piss out of it a little bit. It's like all these crying, screaming kids. And then yeah. Carson being like, now, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like the cool substitute teacher or something like yes, that. Yes, that was the vibe. <laughs> like, people hate on Carson so bad, but I'm like, if it was, I mean, listen, and obviously it did change. Like, there were other VJs that came in. VJ, by yes. the way, a term that isn't, nobody even know. knows what that means. Wow, wow. R. I, I just said VJ. VJ. R.I.P. to the VJ <laughs> profession. <laughs> but, like, obviously there were other people, but it did feel different. Like, it felt yeah. different when, like, Lala was interviewing somebody versus Carson. It just did. Well, let's talk about that. So Carson hosted for the majority of the time period. And also, another thing, Troy, this was a very short-lived phenomenon. I was doing a little just, like, brushing up on this. TRL really only lasted for, like, under 10 years. Like, it was a pretty quick crazy. thing. And also, I think for the, like, last few years of it, it was pretty much toast. So Dead, yeah. It was really, like, a five- to six-year phenomenon, which is just, again, I can't reiterate enough how wild that feels to people our age because of how, what a phenomenon it was. Okay, so at a certain point, Carson leaves. Do we know why Carson leaves? I don't remember, but I think that he, if I can recall, because I did do a Carson episode of Dunzo a million yeah. years ago, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he had wanted to, like, become a real host. Like, he had wanted to, right, like, he got go that do... Show. He got the late night show. Yeah. Maybe that was part of it. Like, he got, like, he was, like, the late, late, late show. Oh, yeah, like, the, the 3 a.m. The one thirty. <laughs> yeah. Like, a friend has, like, knows a guy that has a friend that needs to be on a show. Yeah. You do yeah. Carson. Right, right. So Carson hosts the show from 98 when it starts until like, oh, one, oh, two, they sort of start to phase him out. 
So then they bring in what you would think would be kind of more what you would have expected as TRL host, which is this kind of like entourage of 20-somethings, mm -hmm. like diverse 20-somethings, right? Yes. Like Damien and like Hillary Burton and Lala and Caduce. Remember Caduce? Caduce? Do I... Oh, I remember Caduce. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Caduce was also so hot. Too. Oh, I oh, love God. me some Caduce. <laughs> yeah, so then how did the vibe shift with those people coming in? Okay, so it was majorly different for me. I think with Carson, he had individual relationships with each person, right? Right, yeah. That he was... felt like a real institution. He was like right. the Zane Lowe of his day or whatever. Perfect comparison. Yes. In some right. way, they all want to be Carson, even if they don't yes. say it, right? Zayma wishes. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> so yeah, like Carson had these very specific relationships with each person and you had watched them over the years develop like these friendships and these bonds and inside mm. jokes and whatever. Like you really did feel like he was friendly with them. They had like off relationships like that you, yeah, exactly. That's so true. That's such a good point about Carson. Like you really felt like he knew Christina Aguilera and like that they had like a buddy. Please welcome Grammy Award winner Christina Aguilera to TRL. <laughs> See, you always look so fly. Like you flip it, you got some. Oh, what's Carson, up? Thank you. Um, what do you mean, my necklace? Yeah, you always got oh, some. I got little... my sticker in the back. Oh, see, see? Oh, see that's what see, I'm saying right this there. This is what a girl wants. This is what every girl wants. What, what is that right huh? there? A little tattoo or something? <laughs> that hurt? No, no. That hurt? Get no, 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 no. I, you know, it's 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 just you know glued on yeah. right now. How's the world? Right, and like you had seen Britney go from calling him sir to like being actual friends, you know, like. Oh, Britney, that's so cute. Of course, she called him sir. <laughs> and it was sweet. It was like sweet to mm -hmm. see his relationships with people. And then mm -hmm. when it switched, it was fun. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, it was amazing seeing these people become stars in their own right. Like you said, people like Damien and Lala. Yeah. Welcome back to TRL. Total request live is what's going down right about now. Got your top three on tap. That's right. We're having uh, some technical difficulties right here. Never you guys can that. hear that high-pitched noise. Uh, there it is. Give a round of applause. Oh, thank you. Star you audio man. All right. Let's go ahead and bring out our first performers. Now, Russia is infamous for its cold weather. But ever since these girls hit the scene, it is nothing but hot. You guys, give it up for T-A-T-U. It felt more like you could be them. I remember when they, when it switched over to that group, I was like, oh, like, I should be a VJ. Yes. And it felt like they were like a group of friends. I remember that was how they got positive. Yes. It was like, here's this group of cool friends who are now hosting the show. Vanessa Manillo. Vanessa. Oh <laughs> Hello. Yes. Vanessa Lachey, like, excuse me. Yes, how dare you? Her lawyers will be reaching out. How dare you? Now, that is a TRL royalty couple right there that, like, probably <laughs> nobody cares or gives a fuck about who, like, didn't watch TRL, right? Like, that's, like, the perfect example of the hermetically sealed world of TRL is, like, the former lead singer of 98 Degrees and the former, like, fifth alternate co-host of TRL, right. like, being a married couple. <laughs> and they're, like, super successful in, like, some weird way. Yeah. Like, 
yes, like it makes I know, no it's sense. Crazy. It's like how both him and fucking his ex girlfriend Jessica. I mean, another MTV classic is Newlyweds of this era yeah. have gone on to be massively successful, but like for reasons that are kind of hard to understand exactly right. why. Yeah. And like maybe not their choice reason. No, you know what I mean? Not their, not their reason, choice but, like, reason. Somehow Jessica Simpson is a billionaire. Like I don't. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I love that you brought up that it felt like you could be them. That's so true. Yes. That was part of right? the charm. You wanted to be because it was like the real road cast exploded on oh, these shows yes. and it was like yes. these cool hip beautiful 20 somethings mm-hmm. dressing cool they're all funny and like like you said they're all friends like they were cool you know yeah they'd kind of cut to them and they'd be like hanging out on set like they'd be looking looking cool and, like they all have like cool outfits and they'd be like i felt like oh my god like this is the cool click yes. i want to be friends with these people i want to host trl yes. yeah that was it honestly worked it's very rare for a show i feel like to switch hosts like that and for it to continue to work but i remember being equally into that era as i was in the carson era but i still feel like looking back carson is like the emblematic yeah trl host right i mean nothing will compare like, to carson ever <laughs> i mean actually edit that out that was embarrassing that was too far i went too far <laughs> you're like carson daly is the most important and most beautiful person to ever exist on the planet earth that's the problem with living in the past yeah i mean i definitely remember being horny for carson listen no are you kidding that black <laughs> having nail a lot polish? of conflict about it inside my heart Ooh, the black nail polish that was like his big Ooh, i'm actually like a little edgy of right i was like uh he's not just the every man that everybody thinks he is hello he's a freak he's... when the camera turns off <laughs> all right so i want to talk about the artist now i want to move on to talking okay. about the trl artist because as we mentioned earlier we sort of set this up there's like a very specific kind of trl artists like yeah so who were the trl like the mainstay main types and stars of trl well like because it had become a thing where it was like the movie stars and stuff started going on right so you right. had like your singers your yes. pop stars specifically yes. you said there are buckets yes like the pop princesses the pop princess bucket which was I think very important. I think the pop princesses and the boy bands were like the soul. So obviously we got Britney and Christina. Who were some of the other kind of like other ran pop princesses of the TRL era? So you had your Britney, your Christina, your Mandy, yeah. your Jessica, of course, of course, right? Those were like the big four. <laughs> and I think four. like kind of in, kind of like in that order, right? Like kind of in right. that order. It was like That's Britney, Christina. So, so easy. Is it Britney, Christina, Mandy, Jessica, or Britney, Christina, Jessica, Mandy? I would say Britney, Christina, Jessica, Mandy, right? Yeah, I think because I think Mandy kind of really like Jessica. <laughs> had a few trl hits like right she had yeah uh, she had um you know boy i think that i'm in love oh, yes. with you irresistible i want to love you forever mm-hmm and then mm-hmm. obviously like with you became its own yes, era because like, of newlywed right. So she was like royalty at a certain point. Uh, who are like some of the forgotten pop starlets? I have one in my mind. Who's Willa, yours? Of course. Willa. Oh, yes, 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 Willa. Willa, who now has a very successful interior design business. I have yeah. discovered on Instagram. <laughs> Definitely Willa. Definitely, you know, I love to mention vitamin C. Love to mention vitamin C. Vitamin C, iconic graduation song. Very important. Yes. This is how it feels. 
people like Samantha Mumba. Oh my God, Samantha Mumba. Now, Samantha Mumba was that bitch. Very much. Also, I feel like in that realm, Christina Milian. Christina Milian, absolutely. <laughs> Oh my god, Samantha Mumbo was that bitch though. Yeah, Samantha Mumbo was you. everything. Like, baby, oh my come god. on over tonight. tonight. We, we can make it. it. All, All right. right. <laughs> oh god, she was everything. <laughs> it was big choreo, super glossy music videos, midriff, low yes. rise jeans. And like not necessarily like themed music videos, but just like sets. Yes. Like like it almost felt like you were in like a Disney World fantasy yes. set. Yeah. Sheet walls and yes. all kinds of things and things. <laughs> well, that's why it was easy to recreate the videos in that other show, because they just yes. like kept the setup and they would just go, Yeah, oh my god, I have this memory of Samantha Mumble in kind of like an orangey glow, walking down a city street, kind of like in fire escapes and like I don't remember <laughs> yeah. what video that is. This yeah. is like my memory. Oh yeah, when she's like walking through the city and just yes. walking through yes. it. Yes. Yeah, I think it might have been the Gotta Tell You video or yes. one of them. All right, so those were the pop princesses. Then we have the boy bands. So obviously major boy bands were NSYNC, Backstreet, 98 Degrees. Who were some of the like forgotten boy bands of the TRL era? Listen, I was not a boy band girl per se. Mm -hmm. I really didn't mm -hmm. give a fuck about the boy bands. Right. So for me, it was like I strictly stayed with the basics. Like I loved NSYNC. I loved the Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. I loved 98 Degrees. Please welcome in. They're performing the number one video on Total Request Live. Here's NSYNC doing Tearing Up My Heart. Guys... It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you But when we are apart, I feel it too And no matter what I do, I feel the pain With or without you Well, there was um, LFO. LFO was major. B2K. Oh my, B2K! B2K. Bump, bump, oh my bump. god. Oh my god. Baby, can you handle this? Oh. Yes. Do you remember five? Oh yes. Baby, Absolutely. When the lights go out. <laughs> yes. Oh, this also reminds me of one of the great forgotten things of the MTV era, which was that movie about the fake boy band that then became also like a real boy band. Together. Together. <laughs> I know my calculus it means you plus me equals us. Everything. Everything. <laughs> I know my calculus. It says you plus me equals us. O-Town. O-Town. I was going to say, we got to talk about making the band. Yes. yes. I mean, Liquid Dreams, truly an insane... The fact that they were peddling a song where they were literally singing about having a wet dream to other pop stars to, like, 10-year-olds, that's psychotic. Angelina 
Dude, listen, I don't want to get into the Lou Pearlman of it all because he consumes my thoughts already. It's too much. It's actually <laughs> fucked up how much I let him take up my brain space. But, like, Lou Pearlman was on some other type shit. Like, ah, really? Legit. Like, he didn't give she a She was mother. Fuck. She was bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, the boy bands were major. Then you had like the pop punk rock mm. bands. Like I feel like Avril kind of yes. kicked down a door where she was like half pop princess, half punk rocker chick. And then I feel like you had this kind of era where there was like, in addition to the sort of like teen poppy groups, you had groups that were like making equally hooky, catchy, sticky pop music. Oh yeah. Posed as punk bands, like some 41. And like, Good yes. Charlotte was huge on TRL. Massive. Right? This crowd is insane. Welcome to TRL. Spitting the, uh, splitting the week right down the middle right now. Extra special show today. Want to introduce everybody right now to our good friends, Benji and Joel from Good Charlotte. How are you guys feeling? What's up? We feel feeling good. good. I know you guys have some VJ experience. This is live TV, though. You guys nervous? Um, I'm not nervous. I, I'm nervous. You are? Yes, I had to change my underwear twice already. Oh, I knew I knew you guys were going to talk about underwear. He pees his pants like when he's nervous. Yeah. So. yeah. I know. All right, in addition oh, there to There I go again. You just did it again? Yeah, yeah. All right, this is a live show, and as you know, a live show like TRL features all sorts of different genres of music. You got pop, you got hip-hop, you got rock. You guys are used to just playing rock, uh, and I can't think of a better way to induct you into the TRL family than by introducing the number 10 video. Why don't you guys go ahead and do it? Well, you know, I'm really excited about introducing the number 10 video because it's Britney Spears today. And a big announcement. Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. And it was so fun watching Carson like code switch between all of these different <laughs> groups, you know? Like broing out with Limp Biscuit, but then talking yes. to Britney about like her Christmas album. And yes, like, you know totally. what I mean? Like, it's just oh my it's God. hilarious. And also like Kid Rock, unfortunately. Very much a big part of TRL, unfortunately. Like a I huge mean, Kid part. Kid Rock was huge on TRL. Number five video from Kid Rock. Kid Rock is a guy who does a nice job of blending sort of rock and rap. And cool. Do you like any rock or rap? Or yes, definitely. Have you ever yeah, seen like Metallica or? Yeah. Do you like that kind of stuff too? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. We're going to see Kid Rock right now. Ball with the boss at number five, more Britney Spears. That's a really funny part looking back, that whole segment, because I feel like we often associate TRL with the pop princesses and the boy bands, mm -hmm. but like that whole like punk rocky band vibe, I feel like was huge on TRL. Like yeah. that took over at a certain point. It was like the fit. Like you said, it bled out into everything. So even like if you weren't necessarily like a pop punk band, you then yeah. were like a pop star with a pop punk band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. you were one of the girls going on TRL in fingerless gloves. And I know yes. that you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Dobson, baby. Very much that. <laughs> Very much Fifi, yes. <laughs> you know, one thing we didn't talk about was the girl bands, because also, like, obviously, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. The, yeah, the like, Dream. Dream. Okay, we need to talk about Dream for a second, because fucking love he loves to. you not. I'd <laughs> love to. No chains to.
loves you not. Like, listen, I'm a this is me girl. That was her. Yeah, this is me. This, this is, is me. me. Oh, yep. mm-hmm. We're different as can be. Oh, oh my god. Oh. That was her. This is me. See, this was so funny because MTV was manufacturing these stars that they were putting on TRL. Like, Ozone was part of making the band. Dream was also, I feel like, a ditty making the band thing, right? Wasn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. Together was like an MTV movie. Like, at a certain point, MTV was not just, like, featuring artists. They were, like, literally creating the artists that were on God, you're so right. That's, like, a really good point. Even, like, with Jessica and Ashley, it was, like... Oh, totally. These are our artists. And that's why Ashley was a big later TRL superstar, too. Like, when she had her MTV show, and then, like, Pieces of Me, I feel like, was, like, a huge... Because that was, like, the post-Avril wave. There was, like, a whole Mm -hmm. post-Avril, like, rocker pop star chick. That's why I feel like they basically had a record... Record label. If this yeah, were totally. now, if yeah. that show was on now, they would yeah. have a label. Like they would have taken yes. it a step further and just started signing artists to like an MTV record. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But of course they flopped before they could ever do that. I know. <laughs> they really dropped the ball by just they did. promoting these people, creating icons, and then that's it. And then they're just, you know, it's it's crazy. And that's what makes me like kind of go back to our early part of the conversation, which is like anybody my age, especially if you're like a gay guy or a girl, like if I see you and you're age 30 to 40 and I mentioned like Dream or whatever you're like yeah Dream da, da, da. I'm like yeah. anybody that didn't watch this show like have any fucking idea who Dream was I know they would premiere videos which I feel like was such a huge deal like there's so many videos I saw for the first time there like Dirty yeah. definitely Crazy in Love I remember watching for the first time Like oh, yes. I Love You I remember watching for the first yeah. time they launched a lot of the careers of like the solo artists that would break out of the groups that were on TRL too. I feel like that was a huge yeah. thing. Beyonce's solo career for me, like beginning, is so tied to TRL. Oh, it literally is. Yeah. Her first solo performance is on TRL. Oh my god, you're kidding me. And her first appearance with Jay as a couple. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's get right into it. How did the two of the biggest names in music even meet? Well, we met a long time ago. Award shows, a lot of different performances. And at what point did the conversation come, hey, do you want to do some music? You know how people, you know, you you uh, you know, you see each other and you respect each other's music. You know, it's always that conversation. Yo, we gotta do something. You know that, right? Oh, you know yeah. the time filler. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When that time filler turns into <laughs> something real, then it's it's music. It's history. You know. They Are used you... to celebrate the artists and turn them into icons. Like the reason yeah. it's hard to make artists icons now is because yeah. we don't really celebrate them in the same way like there's no channel dedicated to showing kids all of this shit the making of yeah, the videos right. and all of the stuff that makes them iconic you know it was just a different era like monoculture was huge like we now live in a world where like monoculture barely exists anymore yeah. you look at the music chart now right it's so many random songs like it feels very random and when i was thinking about trl i was like there was a very defined almost like a high school group of people mm-hmm. we've almost mentioned every single artist that like got played oh, yeah. on DRL. It was kind of the same group of people. Maybe they'd introduce a new person here or there, but like it felt like there was a solid group of stars that they were promoting and like they were the stars and they dominated yeah. and they were pushed and the machine was behind them and it was just like every time a new song came out, every time a new album came out, they had this gigantic platform to like push it yeah. and like make it a hit. It just doesn't exist anymore. It was almost like Fox News is to like right-wing lunatics now that they they yeah. just get like spoon 
fed whatever Fox News decides they want to say. That was like what MTV was like to like kids who were into pop culture. It was like, this is a hit. They would like basically decide for us. Yeah. They were like, this is going to be a hit whether you want it to be or not. You are going to see this video over and over. You're going to see this artist over and over again. There was God, like a real a machinery point. to it because you didn't have the ability to discover things like you do now. We didn't sit on our computers and scour the internet for new things that we were interested in or like look on social media and see what other people were listening to. It's like you either heard of something from your friend at school or you saw it on TRL. It was like basically it. So they had so much yeah. power in that way. Do you remember the days where they would dedicate a full day to an artist? Like it yes, would just be Britney Day or something. And mm -hmm. the way that I would try and help a young person understand the magnitude is like, yeah. imagine if there was a channel on TV right now. And imagine yeah. you're like the biggest fucking Doja Cat fan. Like you yeah. love Doja Cat. Yes. And this channel had decided that not only were they going to show you the behind the scenes of how she's made all of her videos all yes. day, they're also going to show you the process of her writing her album. They're going right. to show you a show called diary that shows her life and the journey she went on that led to the uh -huh. album and that's uh -huh. just hour four you have 10 more hours right. and then she's gonna be there talking being silly and like being her like kooky dooky self like yeah and then world screen. premiere this video that yeah. nobody has seen and the whole right. world is gonna watch it at 2 p.m and it was such a bigger event i feel like it's much harder for a video to catch on these days like in that yeah. major way these videos are so iconic because we would watch them every single day to the point where, like, I remember at a certain point they had to, like, create a time limit where they, like, retired the music video oh, yeah. because the oh, fans would yeah. be so fanatically oh. requesting the same video that at a certain point I think they were like, yeah, you can only be on the chart for X amount of days and then yes, we're nixing it retiring. because, yeah, they had to retire them. So that brings me to one of my final questions or one of my last questions for you, which is, like, what are some of your most favorite TRL music videos? Like, what are the ones that you think of as emblematic TRL videos that, like, when you watch them, you're like, that was a TRL video and they just really stuck with you. Um, well, I'm glad that you brought up Dirty because it's like yes. Dirty to me is like such... I feel like Dirty is kind of the one. It's like such a TRL video. I was scandalized by that video. Like, yeah. I was like, this is so dirty and salacious and like yeah. she's being a hoe i'm obsessed like i just want to like be a big hoe like her <laughs> i know and it came out when we were all so like peak hormonal yes totally i, I was like, like i need to rub my body against something like this I is literally <laughs> what's that going on like what's going on when she like is in the fucking shower at the end and it's like filled with water <laughs> and she's like whipping her hair yes. mini skirt is like literally like one inch <laughs> Yeah. I and she's was, doing like jack off hands at the camera over and over. I literally remember thinking, like, is this legal? Like, am I allowed to watch this? Like, <laughs> and like, am I straight? Do I like is girls? This, like, what is. <laughs> What's going and remember, on? And remember, we like learned on some other MTV show that she was dating one of the backup dancers in that video. Yes. Uh, like the one she like leaps on and like, like humps <laughs> in the air. Yeah, like she like slams her vagina yeah. on his crotch. <laughs> yeah. But like, and even that, it's like, you know, Genie in a Bottle is also a TRL video. And so is What a Girl oh, Wants. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like, if you think about Britney, it's like, what would be Britney's TRL video? What would be the I one? Mean, you know what I mean? It's hard. All of them. You're right. It's, it's kind of a weird question because it's really like, if you were a pop star and it came out in that era, it was a TRL video. Like basically yeah. all the Britney videos, Slave. Like, I, I mean, in like, Baby One More Time being on TRL. I mean, Oh, here's a good one for you. So when TRL ended, they did a countdown of the top 10 oh, TRL wow. videos okay. of all time. 
Would you like to hear the list? Please, please. Yes. All right. So number 10 was Hey Ya. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I don't know how much I associate that with TRL as much. Because like Outcast was almost like too cool for TRL yeah. on some level. But I guess that video <laughs> yeah. was on TRL. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, number nine. Oh, this was a TRL superstar we did not talk about. Blink-182, What's My Age Again? Oh, absolutely, yes. Very much, yes. Like Laguna, the Hills culture, yeah. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. And I saw more of you my TV shows. What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? I feel like Blink-182 was like a big TRL band. For sure. And I remember I had my friends in middle school. Okay, this is like, here's a little disclosure on my part. So, <laughs> I, so in middle school, obviously I was like deeply closeted. And I was deeply closeted also about my like pop music obsession on some level because I was like, this is going to make everyone know oh, of course. Yeah, totally. Me. Yes. So I had this group of guy friends who were skateboarders and they were like obsessed with ska and mm-hmm. like real punk. MXPX. I don't know if you remember yes. that oh, kind yes. of vibe. And I just remember like pretending so hard that I liked all those songs and being like, yeah, like, <laughs> I like this too. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I do have this memory with Blink-182 of like Blink-182 was kind of like one of these credible punk bands and then they made the transition during the what's my age again video into the trl like they bridged the gap somehow like in yes. the trl audience anyway so i was just remembering being like oh okay like so the music i have to pretend to like and the music i actually like are meeting here in this yes. one song <laughs> that's a good point it's important to mention that with bands like that though because they were the sort of meeting ground of everybody where it was like well it's okay yeah. to say that you like them you can be yes, anybody totally but that's a whole nother conversation because it's just if straight boys accept it then it's fine and it's not a guilty yes, pleasure. Yes, exactly, exactly. But then I remember all of my skateboarder friends were like, we don't like Blink-182 anymore because like, they sold out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that era was so dumb. And they're all secretly listening to fucking NSYNC, by the way. Literally. And also, like, I do feel like times have changed. This was still an era where what teens were into and pop music in general was still, like, kind of looked down. Totally. It was, like, lowbrow to be into this stuff. Yeah. All right, number eight is Usher. Yeah. Okay, yes, of course, of course, mm-hmm. of course, yes. A, a classic. Yes. Oh, I feel like Ludacris was another great kind of like yes. and Ja. Star. Gotta pick up Ja Rule. And Ja. My sister referred to herself as Lily Rule because she was thinking <laughs> that she was going to marry Ja Rule. <laughs> I love that. So mad that. I'm airing that out on the show. She is not going to yet. All right, number seven was Crazy in Love, of course. Of course, like, yes. Oh my God. I feel like that ended up making the video too. Oh, yes. I yes. remember Beyonce stomping and her boobs bouncing on the, mm-hmm. that fucking street. The Versace, like, uh, oh, like the throw. Uh, jackets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Number six. We said it. We warned you all. It's Kid Rock. Ba with a ba. Oh, God. <laughs> Even hearing the title of it is so triggering. Honestly, makes so much sense that he turned into like a Trump fanatic. How could we not have known that that was coming? All right. Number five was Dirty. Yeah. Number four was Bye Bye Bye. Iconic video. The one with the puppet strings. And I feel like Justin was like running away from somebody. Yeah. In like a factory or something like that. Maybe he was like a puppet and he escaped. They like escape from the toy shelf and then a fan is like puppeteering and chasing them. Yes. A wild young girl. girl. 
Oh my god, who's like so horny for them? Like, yeah, I don't want to get into it again, but like Justin Timberlake, it was psychological warfare. Like, I know attraction to him. I it was, listen. It was, bad. it was bad, and now I literally look at him and I'm like, ooh, I know like, what was I thinking? He was such a proud douchebag. Yes. You see him get interviewed in that era and you're like, this was the version of masculinity that got sold to us. was like, fratty, douchey, prom king. Mm -hmm. We all thought that that was to be venerated somehow. Yeah. This is why I'm still in therapy. I know. So number three was Backstreet. I want it that way. Of course. Of course. Of course. course. Absolutely. Necessary. Number two. Eminem, the real Slim Shady. Wow, that's crazy that it's number two, but I get it. Eminem was weirdly gigantic on DRL. Like, yeah, he was huge because he was a huge MTV artist, right? Mm-hmm. It's so funny because I also thought of him as like a really genuinely edgy artist at that time, which like Mm -hmm. didn't feel like the normal TRL vibe. Mm -hmm. Aside from like his singles, he'd be on record murdering his wife and shit like that. And like, you know, none of the boy bands or pop princesses were like doing shit like that. And even like the fake pop punk bands, like some 41 or whatever. He was genuinely kind of out there. Looking back, he's one of like the stranger TRL phenomenons. Right. And isn't it funny now when you look back at Christina Aguilera interviews of her being like, I think he's a bad role model for saying he wants to kill his mom and wife. And we were, everybody was like, shut up, you stupid bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Annoying bitch. That's so true. And like, that was like a really interesting, yeah. I mean, this is a whole other topic. I know, I know, I know. Sort of like acceptable hip hop tropes of that era. (laughs) Right. Like all of us just like getting called faggots all the time and being like, yes. Yes. Yes, King. Thanks, Dad. All right, and number one, I think you won't be surprised, is Hit Me Baby One More Time. Yeah. And if you think about it, with the launch of Baby One More Time, Genie in a Bottle, all of those initial meteor hitting the earth videos was also the beginning of TRL. So the Mm. show grew with our artists, which is also, I think, major. You know, it's like where Britney's and Christina and Justin and all these people's careers got bigger, the show got bigger with it. And it was this like symbiotic relationship where it's like, yeah. it's a circle jerk. And, and it's like, 100%. great, you know? Yeah. Well, MTV was like that. They like to create stars and then mm-hmm. they would, as you said, they'd turn into like a machine. Yeah. Nothing like that could ever exist anymore. Like there is in a refreshing way more of a bottom-up culture now with streaming yeah. and the internet. It's like, we were just like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> whatever you <laughs> tell us to like, we like it. <laughs> is there any... TRL moments that we haven't touched on that just feel like just total emblematic moments of the show. Oh my God. It's so hard to like. One in my mind that I feel like obviously is so iconic is Mariah pushing the ice cream cart out and then taking her shirt off, which like in retrospect was like a pretty tame, maybe slightly bizarre thing to do. Hey, where's my spot? I got a present for you. Okay. Wait, where am I supposed to stand for this? I don't know. What are you doing here is the question. Can you hold this? Yeah, sure. I brought you a present. It's this shirt. Yes, of course it does. What are you doing? Oh my god. What are you doing? But the problem is, if you don't have ice cream in your life, sometimes you just might go a little bit crazy. And that's a metaphor for a lot more. You guys like my shirt? Yes, we love what you're wearing, Mariah. You know, this is like where Mariah's quote unquote 
meltdown was. Right. But like when you look back on it, it's kooky, but it's not the weirdest thing ever. She basically like has a big t-shirt on and she like rolls out an ice cream machine and then she sort of like takes the big t-shirt off. Right. That's kind of the extent of it. I remember at the time everyone was like, Mariah stripped down to nothing on TRL. She's like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I for some reason that moment always stands out as like one of like the big TRL moments, right? Well, I think that that's like maybe the best one to even use as an example because the mm-hmm. one thing we haven't talked about is that the biggest thing about this show was the energy, right? It was the lightning right. in a bottle live crazy. Totally. Anything mm. can happen. That was the excitement that like anything mm. could happen. Anybody could come out, do something crazy and it was totally. live and it was insane and every single day you didn't know what kind of wacky, crazy shit would happen and that moment is so perfectly, you know, because that was just crazy it was just so like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, you're so right about that. That's like such an important point to make about it. And in the similar way to the way that the VMAs used to feel and have never felt in recent times, like yeah. there was this vibe on these MTV Live events, TRL, the VMAs, where like crazy shit could happen. And there was this sort of frenzied chaotic manic energy of the hormonal teens (laughs) yes you know what i mean interacting with the stars and like you kind of didn't know what was gonna happen next like it really did have that excitement to it like it was genuinely a rush an exciting rush feeling yes and then layer on top of it the suspense of whether your video was going to be number one or how high on the chart it was going to be like i remember that feeling really meaningful to me like i was like it is important to me that the video that i love that my star that i'm obsessed with is number one on this show (laughs) that feels like i remember genuinely being like that's important to me like that needs to happen i need this to get to number one i do know my moment i thought about it okay let's hear it's not gonna surprise you but The moment is them shutting down Times Square for Britney. Oh, yeah. In the In the Zone era? Yeah, they shut down Times Square. Honestly, one of her fiercest live performances ever. She did Me Against the Music and I Got That Boom Boom, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. So and she good. looks fucking incredible and she eats. She, I mean, eats. like, she was feeling her fucking shit that day. And you could just, and oh it was God. like, I know we talked about this a little bit, but like, you could really tell the difference between the artists that they thought were A-list on TRL versus not because yeah. they would get these crazy, you oh know, we're, we're shutting down Times Square for you, Britney. 100%. It was like, you didn't get bigger than TRL at that moment and you didn't get bigger than Britney. And right. like, Britney really was yeah. the emblematic TRL. I yeah. Can. Like, if you want to understand Britney, you kind of like can't understand the phenomenon without understanding TRL. That's true. It's intrinsic to her legacy. And MTV in general. The VMAs, TRL, the Britney phenomenon was in a tornado cyclone with all of that stuff. Like, it was all yeah. intertwined. Uh, you know, 44th Street has been packed since early this morning. I walked into work today around 8.30 in the morning, and this is actually what it looked like at 8.30 in the morning. They've been waiting all day to see the superstar, Miss Britney Spears. How's that feel? It feels good. A little bit of support there from the fans. I think it's taking out time to thank all the fans who came down here. Like I said, they've been out here since early, early this morning, and uh, they're getting their just desserts right now. Pictures, autographs. Some people just, you know, lucky enough to even catch a glimpse of Miss Britney Spears in person. And uh, we're lucky enough to have her do two amazing songs on our little hour-long broadcast, one of the biggest shows in TRL history. And I think it's time we got to get in there and kind of give these people what they came down here for. Exactly. I think I'm going to do it, man. I think I'm ready. I'm going to come out there. And, um, yeah, can you take my jacket? 
May I take your yes, jacket? Please, Be an please, honor. Please. Absolutely. Cool. Sure. Well, that's a lovely outfit. Well, thank you. Nice. Dear. I love. Uh, I will enjoy I'll be that. Up here. Go right up there. Brittany's gonna take the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for TRL music and Britney Spears history. I hope you're ready to get in the zone, are we? Performing me against the music. This is Britney Spears. So, in your understanding, why do you think it ended? Like, how did it fall apart? What was kind of the denouement of TRL? When did you stop watching? Do you remember? Well, I do remember this period of TRL, and it's interesting because there are artists that appeared on the show that you would never associate with the show because they represent that graveyardish kind of bet cemetery era of the show, right? <laughs> Where you're like, oh, that was when the show was like really hanging on by a thread, you know? Yeah, and like, I feel like 05, 06 were kind of the last even slightly glory years. So now we're talking more about kind of like the late 2000s when the show really starts to end. And that was also like when you and I probably graduated high school yeah. and we weren't like in that routine anymore. And right. We you know what I mean? It wasn't like appointment television after we got home from school. We were older. We were doing other yeah. things. Yeah. It's sad though, because I think of people like Gaga. Like I think of like Gaga mm. going on TRL and how she didn't have like a real team. She went on TRL? Oh yes. And it's like- Wait, the TRL era extended into the Gaga era? Yes. I'm truly shocked to hear this fact that, like, there yeah. was interlap periods between the Gaga era and TRL. That's shocking. So she went on the show. Yeah. Like, Forever 21 era Gaga. Like, literal having, yes. like, a sew-in with bangs. <laughs> Gaga carrying around the disco stick. Like, that era Gaga. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember. shot of uh of gaga's shoes they uh, are so cool thank you um all right well as a native new yorker you made a name for yourself in the club people like taylor swift taylor was on trl and it's like wow that's shocking i know and it's weird because they, think they to me don't feel like trl stars to me at, in the slightest at all totally new era because they're like the early social media stars like gaga i associate with early twitter and like my early youtube myspace yeah it's almost like you really can track the fall of TRL to the rise of social media. It's like yeah. exactly the same thing. It's like the minute these things started to pop up where stars could interact directly with their fans, where people felt like they could discover artists organically on the internet, yeah. where our extracurricular time was on the computer and the phone and not watching MTV after school. Like, right. that was kind of the death of TRL. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about when social media, especially like the celebrity social media started to rise, that mm -hmm. excitement, that feeling of like, I can't believe I have access to this had sort of switched yes. over. Because I remember like when I started using Twitter, I only used it because I wanted to watch celebrities talk to each other. And I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe yes. I'll never forget watching Miley tweet Nicole Richie for the first time. And I was like, this is yeah. fucking crazy. You know, like that excitement yeah. kind of was gone for TRL and it moved on to that. I mean, and also like forget Nicole Richie tweeting at Miley or Miley tweeting at Nicole Richie. It's like, you might be able to tweet at Miley and oh my she God. might respond to you. Right. <laughs> I mean, that Trump standing in Times Square <laughs> screaming your fucking head off for two hours to like no avail. You know what I mean? Like you could right. be at your computer and you could just like shoot Miley a fucking at and like she might write back to yeah, you. That's, that's so crazy. true. And then the minute you start to get into the world where you're like seeing their lives all day on Instagram and whatever, it's like, what's the use of TRL? I think the other, obviously the major factor is like, 
once YouTube started and yeah. you could watch those videos at will, yes, all the things we've said about TRL like made it so indelible. But like, I think one of the anchors of the show for me anyway was genuinely like, I need to see the dirty video. Mm-hmm. And there is only one time I know I'm going to turn this TV on and get to see the fucking dirty video. And it is at right. 3.30 p.m. or 4 p.m. on MTV. Yeah. And I've got to watch it or I'm not going to be able to see the video. That was so huge. They monopolized, I can't say that word, but you know what I'm saying, our yes. lack of access. Yes, exactly. They were the access <laughs> point to all of it. To the stars, right. to the videos, to the connection to the other fans. It was like all routed through this one nexus point. Yeah, that was our big giant phone. And then we didn't yes. need it anymore. And it's yes, it's really sad, you know? They tried to relaunch it at one point, I remember, like in the team. I know. It was like a total flop. You just don't need that shit anymore. It is sad, though. I miss it. It is sad, but like... Trying to recapture something that like really was part of a moment in time. Yeah. In another moment of time. There's nothing sadder than that. It's true. We'll always have our memories, Troy. It's true. And you know what? It will always be a special thing that our generation connects over. Like that yeah. is one of the beautiful things about these short-lived pop cultural phenomenons is like there's never a person you won't meet who's our age. You could have had the most different upbringing from them. You could have had the most, yeah. you know, totally different life in a different part of the country, whatever it was. We all knew what TRL was, whether you loved it or hated it or felt like you were too cool for it or whatever like it was a thing that was like a center point for all of us and we'll always yeah. have that with each other so that's a beautiful thing that we could always that's a gorgeous way to end it that's really true well listen it's like you and i like we've only met a couple of times we've talked a couple of times whatever but we could talk for hours and hours about this fucking thing that yeah. even though we are just becoming friends now like we share this deep history that's like laced around true. this like stupid show it, it made us better fans i believe that people like you and i are yeah. better fans and better mm-hmm. critics of music and pop culture because mm-hmm. shows like that trained us to really appreciate our artists in a different way than I think people appreciate them now and I'm grateful for that. That's beautiful. What a beautiful note to end <laughs> yeah. Alright, so what I'm going to ask you is, is there a TRL song like a song you associate with the era we haven't talked about yet that we could send the podcast out on. Ooh, okay, that's fun. Give it to one of the girls. Give it to one of the B-girls. Give us a Mumba moment, anything like that. Okay. I support, I really love a Mandy Moore pop music moment. Like, I think her catalog is so beautiful. What about a crush? Say less. Yes. Crush. <laughs> that yeah, is a TRL yeah. hit if I ever heard a TRL <laughs> song. That's a TRL song. The amount of times I reference that song is not okay. I need to go listen to it. Like, literally, like, I'm just, like, thinking of it in my head. I've got a crush on you. Feel the way that I... <laughs> All right. Let's go out on Crush. Troy McKitty, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It really was a blast. <laughs> a blast from the past. <laughs> exactly. I got a crush.